showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by attorney Vanessa Clark. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. We're excited to have a conversation with you. And for the, all the podcast listeners, let me share with you a little bit about Vanessa's background. Attorney Vanessa Clark was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and she is the founder and principal attorney of Clark Law, PLCC, in Orlando, Florida. She focuses her practice on estate planning, cryptocurrency, and personal injury. Vanessa is active in her community. She serves on the board of the Hispanic Bar Association of Central Florida. She was one of a few Latina attorneys chosen to participate in the Hispanic National Bar Association's Latina Leadership Academy. And she is a huge extrovert who enjoys working with people and providing an unparalleled client experience. All right, Vanessa, tell me what inspired you to become an attorney? Well, thank you, Derek. Well, I can tell you that there are two parts to that question. There's what inspired me to become an attorney and why almost 10 years later, why I'm still an attorney. <laughs> so, mm. um, I can tell you on the first part, what inspired me to become an attorney, my family played a very huge role in that. So uh, we were born, I was born in Puerto Rico and I was the third child. I was the last one mm -hmm. and simply put, my parents could not afford me. They were not in a place where financially mm -hmm. they were, you know, they could handle a third child. So what ended up happening is my grandmother came in and she started watching me while my mom worked for a few hours. Right. And then that turned into, you know, days, which turned into overnights, which turned into weekends. And before you knew it, I was living full time with my grandmother. Mm. And what my grandmother realized was that there were very limited opportunities for me in Puerto Rico. So mm. she wanted to move to the States. She wanted me wow. to have everything available to me that I could to be successful. So mm -hmm. she basically was like, chop, chop, let's go. And so wow. we, we, yeah, she was not playing around. Mm -hmm. uh, so we ended up moving to Florida and uh, there was a lot of pressure on me to do well, right. To bring mm -hmm. honor to the family, to, wow. you know, be this, this great person. And, you know, I went back and forth for a very long time on whether or not I was going to go to law school because it was expensive, mm -hmm. right. It was a huge cost. And, yeah. you know, ultimately I remember just thinking like, okay, well, in 10 years, I can still be sitting here wondering, should I do it? Should I just pull the trigger and go and go to law school? Uh, or I can, 10 years from now go, I did it. Right. Mm -hmm. So ultimately I said, you know what, no one's going to invest in me, but me. So yes. I need to like, go do this. I need to go invest in myself. I need mm -hmm. to go to law school. I need to become a lawyer and I need to go L woods on everybody and change the world. Right mm -hmm. now, once you actually pass the bar and yeah. you start practicing as a lawyer, it's a whole different, it's a whole different world. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I've come to learn in the last 10 years is I love working with people. 
I love feeling like I have changed somebody's life for the yeah. better. You know, I yeah. get to work with you. I get to be your trusted advisor. You know, it is, it is such a great feeling when you can just think back and go, okay, I impacted this person in this way, which means that they probably were impacting other people in this many other ways. It's a mm. wonderful feeling. So, mm, wow. Um, so much to comment on, on what you just shared about, um, <laughs> One, um, we, we, of course, we have to elevate and exalt your grandmother for her vision over your life and her to uproot herself and you um, to move from Puerto Rico to Florida with, with the mm -hmm. hope, not even, there's no guarantee, with the hope right. that her granddaughter would fulfill this big vision of hers, that you would have every single opportunity at your fingertips um, to, to maximize. And of course, mm -hmm. we get the benefit of seeing the finished product or, or at least uh, um, a, 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 a big portion of the product that the, the fulfillment and the culmination of her vision right here. So we, we do have to elevate and exalt your, your grandmother for that. Oh, she was wonderful. And she was not playing around. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, and then the other element of, of why you're still an attorney 10 years later and I love the idea of not wanting the regrets, right? And yes. I think a lot of people around the world relate to that idea. And I, I certainly was in there where I was in a job where I was like, I know, I know this isn't my calling. This isn't what I was designed for. This mm -hmm. wasn't what I was made for, but it's, it's so easy to get comfortable. And, and really the word is complacent. It's really to get, it's easy to get complacent and stuck in the comforts. But um, of course, we, we, we have you as an example of, you know, be like Vanessa Clark and don't be complacent and don't have the regret 10 years from now. You know, if, if for our listeners out there who are thinking about this dream of theirs or this opportunity, um, you know, 10 years from now, you know, we, we, none of us want the regrets on this side of it. Um, but it, it's great to, to, to look back and to see, see that the lives that you're ch changing and the ways that you're helping people, as you mentioned as their trusted advisor and as their advocate. It is, a, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I can tell you, there is an article that really referenced on that point of, you know, you talk to people that were on their deathbed and what do they regret the most, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't, oh, I wish I had spent more time on social media or I wish I had paid mm -hmm. more attention to what people thought. No, people wish that they had pursued their dreams. They wish that they had done whatever it is that, they, that their, their heart always called them to do and they just mm -hmm. didn't do it. So when you think about it like that, like, you know what, two things are certain in life, death and taxes, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if we know that at some point, at any point we could go, don't you want to live your life to the fullest before then and make sure that you crossed off as many items off your bucket list as you could have. Mm -hmm. And I always, I, that's, that's really how I approach life. And, you know, it's like, okay, sure. This might seem like a lot to a lot of people, but I want to live my life to the fullest. Yes. And if I know that in, in five years, time will have passed, then I need to know that I will have, like, I'm going to try to accomplish X, Y, and Z in the next five years. Cause mm. I don't want five years to pass and I've done nothing. And Absolutely. that's one of the things that has been really painful about COVID is I had all these things I was going to do in 2020 mm. and I couldn't do any of them, but, right. but there's still time. So that's important. Yes. Y'all heard her, y'all heard her podcast fam. <laughs> She said, live life to the fullest. You don't want the regrets five years from now, 10 years from now, or certainly not on your deathbed, wishing you would have risked more and pursued your dreams. Correct. Vanessa, tell me, 
how did you, uh, or, or rather, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? That I get to counsel people. So that is probably the best part about estate planning. I actually think estate planning is an underrated, it's like a secret fun spot of the law mm. um, because I get to work with you one-on-one. You know, I get to sit down and talk to you about your life. I get to help you get all of your affairs in order. Let's organize your entire, your entire life, right? Let's talk about your homes, your pets, your children. Let's talk about if something were to happen to you, what's going to happen to them, right? And people, some people don't like having these conversations, but it's very eye-opening when, when they sit down and they have these conversations because it's important, right? We know something's going to happen some point in the future. We just don't know when, but if we're ready, if we know, you know, if you have children, right, let's say you have two kids. Um, if you know that if something were to happen to you, you know exactly who that short-term guardian is going to be, who mm-hmm. that long-term guardian is going to be. You've already you've already talked to those people. They already know what their responsibilities are going to be. You've already funded your life insurance. Like if you are ready, there's a peace of mind and a comfort that comes in knowing that your children will be okay if something happens to you. And I love that I get to be the person to help you have those conversations and help you have those realizations and help you prepare. I love that. I think it's it's beautiful, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so grateful that every day I get to help prepare people for this like parts of their lives that they don't know if and when they'll happen, but mm-hmm. they're gonna be ready if it does. Yes. I love the uh, the concept you brought up of the peace that comes from preparation for helping people with really, uh, you know, I, I've been through with, you know, with my, with my dad who passed, it was, you know, you, you, you go through this potentially horrific situation with, with, the, with the death of a family member. And then you, you, you'll potentially run into so much additional hostility or turmoil, depending on how kind, humble, gentle, compassionate, your other family members are, um, it could take a horrible situation and make it worse. Or, you know, somebody could leverage a service that like you offer in the state planning world where you're helping them to be prepared for these worst case scenario situations so that their legacy is carried on with their children and even their children's children and even their children's children's children. Correct. It is. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It is a terrible situation when you have a young child and not only have they lost their parent, it's unspeakable and it's the unimaginable. Now you've got family members that are fighting it out in court, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get custody and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this could all have been avoided if we had just sat down with a lawyer or, you know, whatever, and, and vocalize those wishes. So, um, and we don't have these conversations a lot in our society. People don't like to talk about these things, but Mm -hmm. they're so important. They're so important to talk about and to make known what you want and what you want for your kids or what you want for your pets or even your guns, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever, whatever you hold near and dear to you, it's so important for you to have those conversations of what you want to happen to those things um, or those people, their children. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. I'm with you. 100%. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 I endorse this statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. Now, now, so maybe we'll go a little bit into that. How did you how did you decide to focus in, in in estate planning, in cryptocurrency, and even in personal injury? How did you decide your your specific focus? So I actually started in personal injury. When I first passed the bar, I was in the plaintiff's personal injury and mass torts, and I loved it. 
except for um, my grandmother started, uh, she, her decline started basically. Uh, she was diagnosed with dementia and it was around 2015, 2016. And it's very weird because you, you don't get an email, you know, like, Hey, by the way, your grandmother is not doing well today. She's starting her cognitive decline. You just, mm-hmm. you just start noticing these things, right? You start mm-hmm. noticing like, Oh, she took a nap and now she thinks it's the next day. Well, that's not great. You know, mm-hmm. um, she starts forgetting things. She starts forgetting people. It's, it's a very slow decline and it's, you know, once it starts, there's no stopping it. And we got very lucky in our family because when my grandmother purchased her home in 2004, she sat down with a lawyer and prepared her documents, right? So Mm -hmm. she, she, she wanted her house to come to me. She wanted to be, for me to be okay in this world. She wanted to start building. She didn't know the term generational wealth, but that was what she was setting up or trying to Mm -hmm. set up for me. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And I am forever grateful that she tried because she got her documents in order and we didn't need them until about 2016. So they just kind of sat around, you know, waiting, (laughs) but Mm. they were there when we needed them. So when we had to go to the bank, when we had to deal with, you know, all these different entities and, and all of that, it was so quote unquote easy for us to be able to show these documents and, you know, get her affairs sorted out. And, it dawned on me. I learned a lot. <laughs> One, mm-hmm. I learned a lot personally, sure. uh, but it dawned on me that we have it easy, but so many other families don't. And, and there needs to be more conversations about all of this, because now it's not even so much, you know, if you suddenly pass on, it's also about your incapacitation. It's about the diminished capacity. So this home that she had wanted to leave to me, we actually had to sell in order to pay for her long-term care. Mm. So she had the best intentions, right. To create generational wealth, but, and I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm no Jeff Bezos, but like, Mm. I'm okay. Uh, But you know, if she hadn't thought these things through, if she hadn't planned all these things out, if she hadn't made these efforts, our family would have been, I mean, completely turned upside down. Mm. So it just became very clear to me that, you know, we got lucky, but not, not everyone else is this lucky and I need to do better about educating people. I need to make others aware of the fact that, you know, it wasn't sudden death, it's incapacitation and it costs money and you need to prepare for this because this burden is going to fall on somebody and you need to be ready for if it happens to you, because you don't know, right. You don't get those email notifications. We don't know what the universe or God, like we don't know what the plans are, but we need to be ready. And then as for crypto, uh, I love cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm kind of a weirdo about that. So my husband and I started investing in crypto in 2017, back when Bitcoin had its first big boom. Mm -hmm. And we, we were very careful, right? We didn't put in our, our like entire life savings. We just started, like we started researching, we started, you know, reading more about it. We started, um, you know, learning about Coinbase and all of that. And we were dipping our toes very slowly into crypto. And then we got into other cryptos and then it dawned on me about 2019, 2020, that this is a new area of law. This Mm -hmm. is brand new. This is emerging. Congress doesn't even really know (laughs) what to do about crypto. They're still figuring it out. So how great to be on the ground floor of this area and, and the areas that I'm really focused on with crypto 
is the estate planning portion of it and also the taxation part of it. And the estate planning is important to me, one, because I do estate planning, but also because, you know, crypto is decentralized finance, which means there's no bank institution. There's no customer service. You can't just call somebody and say, hey, something's wrong with my crypto, right? (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not how crypto, it's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is um, when when you're a crypto investor, you get what's called your private keys. And that is how you access your crypto. Mm. So you need to guard your private keys with your life. Long, right. I mean, we can talk more about that, but you have to guard it with your life. Mm. But if something happens to you, what happens to that crypto? Right. So that is an area that, I mean, there has been a lot of crypto that has been lost because people do pass. People do end up, mm. you know, in the hospital. So, and the families don't know what to do. They don't know how to access the crypto. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to trade. They don't know how to sell. They don't know what to do. So it's an area that um, I think will be more prevalent in the future. And it's one that I'm, I'm very involved in now. And, you know, if, if you know anyone that's a crypto investor, please make sure that they have a plan in place for how someone can access their crypto. If something were to happen to them. Mm, Love that. I love the insight. um, One, how you described starting with personal injury, um, Mm -hmm. but then to pivot because of your own personal experience, because, you know, you're able to say to any any of your clients when it comes to estate planning that I was there. I I was in the situation where the plan, the the, the plan that was done made it made a difference. Um, And as you mentioned, it it didn't take you guys out, but it, it, it could have been a very um, harmful Mm -hmm. circumstance if the situation wasn't set up the way it was and you want to be able to help people in the circumstance that you've been in to um or or even in even in potentially worse circumstances to be set up for um for success um and then the other side of it the crypto um it's great to, to consider um you know things that are that are happening around the corner especially with law that you're you're like you said you're on the ground floor like again as far as the attorneys I've interviewed, you're the first person that's brought up c- cryptocurrency. And in, 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 I mean, I've interviewed like whatever, 45 or 50 of, you know, of, of y'all at this point. But now what, what you've done is the, the only attorney I know that I've, I've seared the memory of cryptocurrency and estate plan. I, I only know one. So, so where, where do my referrals go? They, they go to the one. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I am happy to be that referral partner for you. Um, you know, I, I think you are going to, well, I think when it comes to crypto, there's two schools of thought, right? There's a very old school mentality that crypto is dangerous. Don't do it. Don't get involved. But then there's this new school of thought that thinks crypto is the future. So, you know, get, get on it, hurry up, chop, chop. Right. But then there's this middle school of thought that just doesn't quite know yet. Right. And they don't know how to get involved. They don't know how to get started. It's this weird mystical thing, but I think it's important, especially in estate planning. I mean, you've got to be asking your clients, do you have crypto? Because if you're not including this as part of their estate plan, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're possibly I mean, you're, you're leaving them at risk. You're leaving them vulnerable. You're leaving the families vulnerable. And and I think, I don't, I don't think crypto is going anywhere. I think it's at least for the time being, it's here to stay. Mm. And, you know, when I talk to minorities, I, I hope that they get involved in crypto because, you know, you talk to investors 
20 years ago, Amazon was how much, right? If you'd invested in Amazon 20 years ago, it would be worth how much today, mm -hmm. right? If you had invested in Apple 20 years ago, it would be worth how much today? Wow. So um, that's what I like to think with crypto is, you know, um, we're, we're, we've started, mm -hmm. we're, we're with it and we're going to hold so that in 20 years, you know, maybe I can buy that small island off the you know, Polynesian coast or something, but <laughs> watch out, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yes, watch out, watch out. I love it. Very good. <laughs> now, um, tell me, um, what's, what's been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you have overcome? I would say a challenge that I felt when I first started was confidence and feeling like you belong in the room. And I say that because I think there's a difference between networking with lawyers and networking with non-lawyers. You know, when I first passed the bar, I would network with non-lawyers and they were always so excited to be talking to a lawyer, right? Like, oh, that's really cool. Tell me more about your practice area and what do you do? Cool, cool, cool. And you network with lawyers and your first year out, you get deemed this like baby lawyer, which mm. I never really understood. Cause I was like, uh, I just did four years of undergrad, did three years of law school. I did the LSAT, the Florida bar, I did all these things. And you're going to call me a baby. Are you serious right now? Mm. So, um, and especially when the room is full of, you know, like old white men and you're just like, uh, yes, I too am a lawyer. Mm. <laughs> I too belong here. So there was a sense of like, oh gosh, do I belong here? Do I fit in? Is this for me? Oh my gosh, you know? Um, and, and you really have to not, I had to train myself to not think like that, right? I had to train myself and remind myself that I did do all these things and I am amazing. And I, I, I hate the phrase baby lawyer. I understand now 10 years in how I really didn't know anything, <laughs> how, you know, law school teaches you how to think like a lawyer, but they don't teach you how to actually practice law. Uh, so that part is frustrating, but so I see where the phrase comes from, but it's so insulting and I hate it so much, but mm. I, I understand, but I try to not say that around people. Like, I don't want to meet someone and be like, Oh, you're a first year baby lawyer. How adorable. <laughs> no, I think that's insulting. Um, but I, I think the hardest part was building that confidence in networking because we're not taught networking in law school too. That's mm. the other thing. It's such a big part of your practice and in building your referrals and your network and it, like you have to network, but it's not taught in law school. You're not taught how to, you know, have conversations with people. You're not taught how to do these things. And so I'm um, really training myself that I, I did belong. I was worthy. I belonged in this room and I was going to work my way through this room and talk to everybody and hand out my business card to everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> and make sure that they knew who I was. And I was going to stick my claim in this room. So um, I think that was probably the biggest, the biggest challenge was confidence. Yes. And I, I love the, the, the notion, um, especially, you know, you, you, you've heard the statistics, you know, I've heard of them just the whole, the, um, as far as, you know, the Latina lawyers, right. It's, it's 2%, right. Um, as far as the representation. So, you yeah. know, people like you, and I, I always want to, you know, elevate and exalt, you know, people like you who are doing the work because of like, my, I think about my little sisters, um, who are, you know, growing up. And I think about my, my younger nieces who are growing up and, and again, for my own personal family, we didn't know any, you know, Latina lawyers like gr growing up. We didn't yeah. know we, we didn't have a face to fit the, the concept. Right. And and my mom right. has shared openly with me, like every time she sees she sees me interviewing another 
Latina attorney, it, you know, it brings some tears to her eyes because Aww. she sees some of herself out there. Again, my mom became a successful businesswoman, but, but not in the route of um, education. Um, she went through, you know, real estate investing and all of that. But anyway, all of that to say, um, I, it, it does bring um, joy to me to hear about you cultivating that confidence and understanding yeah. that you absolutely belong in the room. Absolutely. And it took me a while to get there. But one of the things I had to remind myself was if they could do it, so can I. Like mm-hmm. if they could do it, so can I. I remember sitting in law school in certain classes, some answers were just so terrible. And I remember thinking like, this guy's going to pass the bar and he's going to practice law. So can I, <laughs> so can I friend, so mm. can I, I can counsel and provide just as great, if not better, you know, legal service than this guy. Uh, so that was something that I, I just have to remind myself, like if they can do it, so can I, mm. so can I, why not, why not me? Why not, why not me? That's right. Why not you? That's right. I love it. Now it's a similar concept when it comes to the challenge but in, in, in maybe we'll talk a little bit about what is a one common challenge you've seen other attorneys face and what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? So I think a common challenge that attorneys face that isn't widely talked about, but that we all know is a problem is admitting when we're not okay. You know, mm-hmm. there is so much pressure for attorneys to put on this, you know, successful appearance and drive nice cars and have nice things and everything's going great. And, you know, I have wheelbarrows of money to take to the bank. Cause I got so many clients, like everything is so wonderful, but you know, you, you, you hear that and you, you, you like, you see that at networking events, everyone says they're doing great, but if that's the case, then why do lawyers have such a high, you know, suicide rate, right? Mm. Why is it one of the highest suicidal careers and professions in this nation? I, why, right? Because there's a lot of pressure on us to uh, act a certain way, behave a certain way. I think um, in Kentucky last year, December, 2020, there were three lawyers that committed suicide in one month alone, mm. December. I mean, it was, wow. it's, it's terrible. And And I don't think that lawyers do a good job of saying, I'm not okay. You know, this was a bad month and I'm not okay. And I wish that, um, I wish that there were just more channels for us to be able to communicate, like this was an issue this month and I'm, you know, I'm not doing good because of this. So, um, I know on my end, I, I feel very, very fortunate to have my tribe. I call them my tribe, right? They're my squad, squad girls, whatever you want to call them. Um, But they're my close group of friends and they, I mean, we're each other's rocks, right? We all pass the bar at the same time. And Mm. it's been a journey the last 10 years. There have been job changes. There have been family changes. There have been just changes all around and, and having, having my friends, it's, it's made a world of difference for me. And um, I, I hope that other lawyers that are having issues know that they can reach out to me because I'm always available. I'm always an ear for someone. Um, but it's, it's something that I wish we talked more about is the fact that sometimes we're not okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And then there's these uh, expectations that um, people all around have of mm-hmm. you that you're mm-hmm. always sharp. You always put together, you're always well-dressed as you mentioned right. before. And so there's this, this, there's this, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a, I've heard other attorneys describe it as it's a, it's like, uh, you're, you're dehumanized, you know, it's, you're not a human, you're, um, uh, your profession, you know, you're a professional and you're, and, right. and, um, and that idea of, um, that's why it, it's something that, it, 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 you know, talking to different attorneys, it taught me the idea of asking about the human being behind the profession. We'll talk about the profession as well, but how is that human being doing behind all of that? Yes, correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Because people always see you as the lawyer, right? It's, I, it's kind of the same thing as being, a, you know, a kid in school with a teacher, right? You're just like, wait, there's a, there's a person there. No, that's, <laughs> right. that's Mrs. Rodriguez. That's, she's not a person. No, she's a person. Yes. She's a person. And we need to make sure that she's okay. Mm. You know? So it's, it's absolutely the same thing. People see you as a lawyer. You're always the lawyer. And it's, it's hard to turn that off. Right. Mm -hmm. So how is the person doing? How is Vanessa doing? Right. It's, it's yes. hard. So. Yes, absolutely. Now, when it comes to your own law firm, it, a, a one big question, a lot of attorneys, especially with their new law firms are asking are, is what, what is the best way to attract new clients to my law firm? That's what it, the questions they're asking. So what have you, what did you discover in your own practice? What has been the, the maybe the, the, the number one way, maybe, maybe if you have a, a second one you can share as well, but what have been maybe the top one or top two ways that you've been able to attract new clients to your law firm that might be able to help another new law firm owner out there? Personal relationships. I, personal relationships 100% of the time are always the best way to grow your practice. Uh, that's where I have seen the biggest growth in, and it's why I wish we talked more about how to network and how to network well, because mm -hmm. it makes a difference, right? If, mm -hmm. if people know you, they'll talk to you, but if people trust you, they'll work with you. They'll send you cases, right? It may not be every day, right? But people, if they trust you, when an opportunity comes up, they will think of you and they will send you a case or they will send you, you know, whatever area you're in, they will send you work. And it's up to you to do a good job, right? It's up to you to make sure that, you know, you call that client, that you give them that unparalleled client experience, that they feel like you care. You know, most times, you know, lawyers, we can't guarantee an outcome, right? We sure. can't sit here and tell you a hundred percent, this is, this is what the judge is going to do because we don't know, right? We might have all the law on our side and all the case law and everything, but it doesn't always work out the way we want it to. So mm -hmm. I can't make you any promises on your case, but I can at least make you feel like I care, right? Mm -hmm. I can show you, I can work hard for you. I can, I can return your phone calls. I can return your emails. I can make you feel like I care and that I am advocating for you. And you'll remember that. Right. I, I think it was at Maya Angelou that had the quote, people don't remember what you said. Mm. They just remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So yes. if you can make someone feel like their problems mattered and that you were helping them, they won't forget and they will continue to send you work. Mm. So you can work with groups to do online marketing and all of that. And that's great exposure. I mean, I know I Google everything and I Google everyone. So, you know, certainly make sure you have a strong online presence, but I do think that those personal relationships is absolutely hundred percent of the time, the best way to grow your practice. Mm, yes. And I, I want to highlight what you said for all of the, the new law firm owners listening. You said, um, if people know you, they'll talk to you, but if they trust you, they'll work with you. They'll send you, they'll send you business. 
And there's there's something about that you that trust that that trust takes takes time and it's it's what Vanessa's saying right here. It's it mm -hmm. takes um, personal time building the relationship. That doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen, you know, just throwing your business cards around at a at a room, but it's the ongoing relationship. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that that insight there, Vanessa. Of course. Now let, let's take it back to the advice you would offer to a brand new attorney just starting out their career. And they go to you, Vanessa, and they go, Vanessa, what advice do you offer me as a brand new attorney? What can you what can you um, offer me um, from an advice perspective? I would say three things. Uh, one, get several mentors, several, not just one, several. Build the relationship with your mentors. Like I said earlier, you know, law school will teach you how to think like a lawyer, but it will not teach you how to practice law. Mm -hmm. And on your first year out, there is a huge learning curve on how you communicate with your clients, how you communicate with opposing counsel, how you communicate with the judge, how you communicate with non-lawyers. It's a whole different world. And I would highly encourage you to get several mentors that will talk to you about their first year out and some of the things that they learned and some of those communication tips, right? Some of those counseling tips, talk to those people if both in your area that you're practicing in and in other areas, because there's always something to learn from a different area of law. Mm -hmm. uh, the other, the second thing I would say is don't be afraid to fail and start over and, and no lawyer likes failing because we're all very competitive, <laughs> but you know, if you start at a firm and you don't like it and you're unhappy and you know, the partner is just not a great boss and you're just, it's just not working out. Don't think you have to stay you know, leave, you know, if you find another area of law that you want to go into, it's okay. You know, there's a huge stigma that you don't want to be this job hopper. You don't want to be going from job to job. And I understand that, but you also need to be happy with the job that you're doing and with the work that you're doing. So if you're not happy, it's going to come across in your work ethic. It's going to come across, mm. like, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be so evident. It's going to be palpable in, in everything about you. So, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to fail and start over. And the last thing that I would tell them is, is, you know, you don't have to be the perfect lawyer. You just need your clients to know that you care. You know, mm. I, again, I know that lawyers are very competitive and perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. And it took me a very long time to realize like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. If this isn't the world's best motion for summary judgment, it's, it's okay. It's the client's going to see it. They're going to know that I spent like 12 hours working on this mm. and they're going to be fine with it. You know? So you don't have to be the best. You, they just need to know that you care and that you're listening and that you're advocating. So, yes. Uh, phenomenal insight. I think we can we can probably have an entire po podcast episode on just that those three pieces of advice. Yeah, I, I, I do want to ask you a subset of the question of, of your your answer about mentors. Um, in and, and mm -hmm. I know pe people can hear it. Um, and I always like to ask the question of of what's worked or what do you suggest when it comes to making those initial about you know that those you know reaching out to the mentor. What does that first conversation look like? What does what does that dialogue look like in, in, in uh, establishing that mentor? What is that? What, what does that look like? And what do you what do you recommend? I would say don't overthink it. Just go for it. If you know that there is an a, an attorney in your city that you want to talk to, and that you know maybe you want to grow up and be like someday, 
-hmm. shoot them an email, literally just shoot them an email, call their office. If you have maybe friends that know them, ask for an introduction, right? Ask a, a common friend to say, or if you're a member of maybe a similar organization, call up the organization and say, Hey, I really want to meet so-and-so. Do you think, you know, if you know, they're going to be at an event, can you make an introduction and just say, hi, my name is, <laughs> hi, my name is Vanessa Clark. I am a big fan of your work. Can I, you know, maybe take you out to lunch one day? Can we meet for coffee? Can we, um, you know, can we just chat for a few minutes? Can I stop by your office and just talk to you? You would be surprised. I, it all starts with hi. Mm. Hi. Yes. <laughs> hi. Yes. That's simple. Don't overthink mm. it. You know, a lot of lawyers, myself included, I love talking. <laughs> I love, I love talking. And I, I've learned so much over the last 10 years that anybody who wants to talk to me, oh my gosh, there's so much I want to tell you, you know, <laughs> if you are, are truly willing to, to listen to me and everything I have to say, I have so much to tell you. I, I have so much advice to give you, you know, uh, don't make this mistake, do this, don't do that. Absolutely. Mm. And you'll find that in a lot of lawyers too. A lot of lawyers are more than happy to just sit down and tell you, do this, don't do that. Be careful of this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You just have to start the conversation. Hi, my name yes. is. Yes. Um, for our for the for our listeners for our podcast listeners, we want to let you know. Okay, if you if you didn't catch it, she said she said speak English, speak speak the language, say it clearly. Just ask. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't don't create don't don't create an entire outline. Um, but no, but 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 sincerely, you you offer some great insight. Even uh, you know, can I take you out to lunch? It's so simple, and and it's yeah. something that that sometimes we could have a. Even I, I, I love how you, you captured this notion. It's a, it's a, it's an attorney. Maybe it was one of your heroes. Are you admire? Are you appreciate your fan? You're a fan of their work. Mm -hmm. And then there's a limiting belief that could creep in and going, Oh, well, if I admire them, they surely don't have time for me, but we don't really know that. In fact, you know, something that, that to that, to the point that you made, everybody has to eat lunch. So, <laughs> so, and, and, and most people don't have any problem with a free lunch paid for somebody paid by somebody else. And if you, if, if you, as the podcast listeners were thinking about, you know, even your heroes, they got to eat lunch too. And they might prefer to eat lunch with somebody as opposed to, you know, by themselves. And then if you offer to pay, it's even better. So anyway, I just wanted to highlight, um, great, great advice, um, for the new, the new attorneys out there. Okay. Okay. Talk to me about work-life balance. Um, what, what has helped you? What is helping you establish work-life balance as an attorney? I don't think there is work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a very popular answer, but I, I don't think that there is true work-life balance. I think there's time management and prioritizing what's important to you in that given day. So I think for me, I have learned that it takes a village. And when I try to do everything on my own, I get nothing done. Um, I have learned to delegate. I have learned to ask for help. I have learned to time block as painful as it can be, but I have learned to take charge of my time and I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect, but, but it's important for me to know, okay, if this is what I can realistically get done today, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes the priority is work. Sometimes the priority is family. Mm 
but I, I can't sit here and tell you that I have great work-life balance. I can just sit here and tell you that I have time management skills that I have worked on very hard and that I'm still working on perfecting, but I, I prioritize what's important to me on that day. Mm, yes. Prioritizing what's important on that day. Now I, I, I um, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, right? Because um, the work that you, you all do as attorneys can be so time consuming. Um, it, it can take um, all of your waking hours if, 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 any, if any attorney lets it yet, yeah, but I appreciate what you said about prioritize priorities and each right. day might have a different priority, right? If, 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 a, right. if a child has a recital, then guess what? That day, that recital is the priority, <laughs> right? Um, right. Peace. I'm going out. You know, <laughs> I got to go. Um, right. and, and I, I often get a little upset when I hear that, you know, well, Beyonce, we all have the same hours as, as, you know, Beyonce has in a day. Well, like, okay, but she has staff, right? Right, right. Like she's got a whole crew of people that do her hair, her makeup, they help her with her kids. They pick out her wardrobe. Like she's got a whole crew of people. Same with JLo. JLo is my queen. I love her, but (laughs) you know, there's a whole crew that. So I'm sure she does have great work-life balance because she's got a crew of people <laughs> that help her. Right. I have me and my Outlook calendar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to be careful, right? So the priority for the day is, you know, my nephew's going to be in a play or he's going to play in the band or whatever. So I'm leaving. I'm going to go be there. I don't want to miss that, right? right. Um, or if I've got trial, nothing else matters. Mm. I've got to focus on trial. So, um, and usually I know, right. I know in advance, okay, I'm going to miss this. I'm really sorry, but I've got to focus on work and other times it's sorry work. I'm going to be with family. So Mm. I can't sit here and tell you that it's perfect. It's not, but it's something that I work at. And, and it, it, uh, if I had a crew like Beyonce, I could get a lot more done, but I'm not (laughs) there yet. You know, (laughs) respect, respect. Yes. Okay, so uh, Vanessa, tell us, um, you know, the, the, the podcast uh, community, if there's anything we can do as a community to support you, your law firm, your message, your mission, uh, what you're doing, um, what, what can they do to, to support you? What, what can we do to support you? Uh, well, the, the easy answer to that one is, of course, if you know someone that needs their estate plan done in Florida, I am happy to help. (laughs) Mm. Always happy to help. Uh, If you have cryptocurrency questions, if you're curious about how to start investing in cryptocurrency, if you don't know where to begin, by all means, reach out to me, shoot me an email or call me or whatever. I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, If you are... If you are someone who is thinking about taking the leap, whether it's to go to law school or to change jobs or to start your own practice or whatever, do it, Mm. do it, Mm. just do it. (laughs) Start where you are. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I had to learn, I'm, I am a perfectionist and I've had to work on that, Mm -hmm. but I've had to learn to just start where you are. Right. Mm. So if if you know that you want to start your own practice, you want to start your own business, you want to you know, do something for you, just start where you are. Just do it. Just go for it. There's no better day than today, right? So do it. Do right. It. You, you, you all heard her, right? She said, do it. Do it today. Um, start where you are. And, and, she, and, she, and that came out of us asking how we can support her, but she automatically turned it around about, hey, 
it's about you know your dream and your goal and i and, and i love the i love the support even earlier in the, in the episode you shared about how you know you're um a listening ear to any, any attorney out there who who's oh, looking yeah. for somebody else looking for some support so they're not that's that where it's okay to be a person it's okay to not be okay yes and i mean that a hundred percent um it's I want everyone to be the best version of themselves, whatever that is, whether it's in the legal world or not. Maybe you're a lawyer and you are tired of practicing law. I don't know. Whatever it is, I want you to be the best version of yourself. So whatever that means, go do that. Go do that. Yes. Honor yourself, honor, honor your life, honor the sacrifices that your parents made. Mm. Do it, you know? So, yes. um, but also if you know someone that needs estate planning work done in Florida, of course, feel free to reach out to me. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you the last question, Vanessa. The last question for you is what are your uh, favorite qualities of your favorite people? Kindness and treating people the way that they want to be treated, you know, and it's as simple as responding to an email, returning a phone call, returning a text. It is, it, it, it makes such a difference in how you are perceived and how I perceive you. It is, it makes a huge difference into how people feel you know, if you just take the time to just treat people with kindness, it goes a long way. Mm. So one of my favorite qualities about my grandmother, one of my favorite qualities about my mentors, about my friends, about the people that I have in my life is they are kind. They are mm. kind people and they treat others with respect. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I look for. Yes. Yeah. And you were kind enough to be on my, on my podcast today. So you clearly live out the message of being kind and responding with, with, with graciousness. So I appreciate your, your kindness and being on the episode today. I appreciate your kindness in asking me. I'm so grateful I could be here. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. And if there's anything else I can do, please just reach out. Of course, of course. Let me let the podcast listeners know that this episode is sponsored by Strong Life Scholars, whose mission is advancing Latinas in high-end professions, education, and community impact. We want to say thank you to our precious listeners for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcast app and give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on next episode. Once again, Vanessa, thank you so much for being with us.